This is episode 42 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. I am your host, Noah, and joining me is Patrick. Hey, everybody. How have you been doing? Good. How have you been? I've been doing good. We just finished off Thanksgiving, and now we are going to give five superhero pitches. We talked about that uh, a little bit with The Dark Knight Rises. This might be something we would do. Um, and now we are here, and it was a struggle for me <laughs> to try to figure <laughs> out uh, five of these. I had... One in particular uh, that I wanted to do, but I had to stretch a little bit more uh, for coming up with the other four. Um, but before we get into all of that, um, let's get into what we've seen recently. Patrick, how about you go ahead and start us off? Okay, so, well, Noah and I just watched The Prestige mm-hmm. last night again, and we, I, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, we were a little hesitant to watch mm-hmm. it. We were actually coerced a little bit mm-hmm. into watching it. But... Good star will save us. We've yeah. been held captive. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I think it was for our own good yeah. this time. Um, and I watched Freeway recently with Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, pretty pretty weird, pretty out there. Uh, I heard, I don't remember how I heard about it. It was like some some artist in an Amoeba interview was talking about. <laughs> they, they really loved it. So I watched that because it was on Prime and mm. wacky. If you're into like, kind of like true romance... Um, I was getting some true romance vibes from it, or um, Death Proof, true romance Death Proof. So kind of mm-hmm. like a Tarantino, but a little uh, less, a little more obscure. Mm-hmm. And then um, I also watched rewatched Magnolia very recently, and by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's worth the long run time for oh. sure. So. Yeah, that's what I've been watching recently. How about you? Um, well, I saw When Harry Met Sally, which is a eighties romance type movie that I'd heard a little bit about and it was short, so I just decided to watch it on HBO Max and um it was going really good. First two <laughs> acts, I was loving it. Thought it might be a nine out of ten for me, and then um something happens that I'm not gonna say or spoil here that um really flattened out the movie in a really negative way and I did not end up giving it the high score I'd hoped it would be um but Billy Crystal was good he was strong throughout he's funny but um um serious and solemn when he needs to be when the writing needs him to be and um Meg Ryan was good as well she had some weak moments uh where she really felt whiny but I didn't feel like that was the character's real intention to come off that way um, but, um, uh, I did think that, uh, overall the acting was pretty solid. Carrie Fisher was in it, which I think this might be the only other thing she's known for besides <laughs> Star Wars. And that was kind of neat to see, but I didn't really care for her character much as well. Um, so even though the first two acts were really strong and the ending was disappointing, it's kind of a weak combination. I still think it's solid and maybe people will like the ending more than I did. Um, I also rewatched Inglorious Bastards uh, by Tarantino, uh, which is even better than uh, I originally thought it was. Um, I had it at 9 out of 10. I jumped it up to a 10 out of 10. It really blew me away the next time. It's a two and a half hour run time. It felt like, it felt like less than two hours, honest, honestly. And um, I really enjoyed it. Brad Pitt knocked it on the park. Um, and I also rewatched Forrest Gump, which... Um, um, which is kind of the, it's, it's one of those movies that 
people say it totally deserved the Oscar, and then the other half says that it that people people think it didn't. Um, but um, I, I I'm kind of a defender of it. I think it's it's really good. Tom Hanks, probably my favorite performance from him for sure. Um, and uh, I really like the story. Robin Wright's excellent, and um, I think it has one of the best story arcs ever with Lieutenant Dan, which really got me in the feelings uh, rewatching it this time. I've probably seen it about four or five times now. Um, it does have some weak points. Uh, all that forest running, uh, where he just runs for like, what, three years? <laughs> I, I, that was uh thing I was like, this makes no sense. Um, I, don't, I don't think this would ever... It, it really felt like it dragged me. It's a two-hour and 20-minute runtime. You could have trimmed a little bit there. Um, but Patrick, have you seen Forrest Gump and Glorious Bastards? I know you've seen Inglorious Bastards for sure. Yeah, I have. I enjoyed Inglorious Bastards a lot. I love Tarantino, so that's one of his. I think it's one of his most polished movies. Like mm-hmm. it feels, uh, it feels very grounded, but also like he still has his over the top violence right. where it needs to be. Um, which you know it does get pretty absurd at times, mm-hmm. but of course with the history bending. But yeah, it's a fantastic movie with great performances all around. And uh, I have seen Forrest Gump. I am probably one of those people that you were talking about that uh, <laughs> doesn't think it really deserved. I, I don't I don't know if it didn't deserve the Oscars it got, but I don't think it deserves the quite the classic status that it has. Yes. I don't feel like it holds up. Um, and I think as time goes by, it's going to hold up less and less. I I think so. I was looking back at that message in the movie, which you and I talked about <laughs> off air, and yeah. really just kind of confused me. Probably one of the weaker points of the movie, but I really noticed on rewatch that Alan Silvestri's score was fantastic. That's uh, that's absolutely true. I love that theme song to mm-hmm. death. I also rewatched Wizard of Oz, which was really quick. I kind of was just doing things around the house, and this was on, so I thought I'd give it a brief mention. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of another classic, I think, and it, I had it at 8 out of 10. I lowered it to 7 out of 10. Um, just There were some parts of it I didn't really connect with as much as I had when I was, say, 5 or 6, but there are also some parts where I was very impressed by how, uh, how solid the character arcs were. Very basic writing, but very effective as well and it's also just a fun movie as well with some with, with some fun songs uh one of the better musicals for me i think but oh, uh, yeah i also saw one of the big ones that i've mentioned many times i wanted to see i saw once upon a time in hollywood um which i thought was fantastic absolutely loved it probably my favorite tarantino movie i've only seen three <laughs> but that's probably my favorite um uh leonardo DiCaprio, brad pitt margaret robbie all three knocked it out of the park. Great um, side performances like Al Pacino and uh, Kurt Russell. They were all fun to just pop up a little bit as well. Um, basically, two hours and 40 minutes of no story, but still <laughs> um, couldn't care less about that. It was just going through 1969 Hollywood was one of the funnest experience as, experiences I've had in a movie. Brad Pitt uh, really jumped up with, with rewatching Glorious Bastards and Seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, really solidified himself as one of my all-time favorite actors. And uh, there were just many moments I was like, good grief, this guy's awesome. <laughs> just, uh, you know it's a good movie when I'm pumping my fist in the air when Brad Pitt does something awesome. So uh, I rewatched it right the next day after just to make sure I wasn't dreaming because I do that sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'll be high on the movie for a really long time and I rewatched it just to really have a serious time and analyze it and... Um, it still hold up fantastic for me, held up fantastic for me. 
Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is excellent, by the way. I think that I haven't seen Joker, um, but I will say I'll be having a I'll have my arms folded when I sit down and watch it, whenever that may be, just because I think his performance is outstanding and it feels a little more um, outshadowed just because Brad Pitt won the Oscar that year. But it's still very solid, and in some ways, I like his performance more than Pitt's. But this is definitely my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio performance as well. Uh, Tarantino proved once again that he's a great writer and director, and I can't wait to see more of his other stuff. Kill Bill Volume 2! Yeah, that's what I'm coming for next. But um, uh, one more, I think I'll mention two more. I saw um, North by Northwest by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, I've been, I haven't seen a lot of Hitchcock lately. I was kind of on a phase where I was just watching Hitchcock movies for a little while, but um, I sat down to watch this one, and um, very, very fun. Um, very, um, simple premise but used very effectively and it was very fun to just see uh this guy who's mistaken for a spy just kind of bumble around for a little bit and then he kind of takes matters into his own hands uh, near the second and third act uh which felt uh warranted i think it's the main actor is Cary grant which i think he did an excellent job uh i still like james stewart and uh anthony perk Perkins more, um, but I thought he was very good as well. You're just never going to beat James Stewart's accent in my book, but um, I did also rewatch Moneyball with Brad Pitt, which was fantastic, uh, by the same guy who made Foxcatcher. I think I may like Moneyball even more than Foxcatcher, even though I'm a big fan of that of uh, Foxcatcher, but um, Brad Pitt knocked it out of the port. Um, out of the park. <laughs> gave a very good performance. He knocked the bacon right out of the pork. <laughs> I um, I'm not a big baseball fan. I'm not a big sports fan, but I got very invested in everything that was happening, both with the family drama and then with um the sports drama. Just the simple conversation with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Brad Pitt felt like uh just some of the highest stakes ever. Which that's very good writing. So. Um, I thought that that movie was fantastic, you know, just as good as I remembered it being. Yeah, shout out Philip Seymour Hoffman as well in Magnolia mm-hmm. and in Moneyball, one of the best supporting actors of all time. Mm-hmm. He's never really done much of a lead type of performance, uh, except for, I guess The Master's probably the closest he's gone, but I think that's more of a Walking Phoenix movie, just yeah. from what I've seen from the trailers and, and stuff. And uh, Synecdoche, New York was probably his most lead role type movie Mm -hmm. but yeah he takes the lead in the master even though he's not really the main character (laughs) um as far as shows go i haven't seen much i did read the book the dark tower uh gunslinger part of the dark tower series uh which i thought which was by stephen king i thought it was very good um i can't wait to keep going through that series and then i also read fight club um which I finished seeing the movie. Also, I forgot to mention that. I did see the Fight Club movie as well, which I thought was fantastic. Um, and uh, the book was very good as well. You, many things you could tell where the movie took um, as far as just lines and stuff like that. But uh, the book felt much more scattered in a, in a good way, just with still focusing on the narrator from his perspective and all that. And it felt very scattered. And I liked that part um, and as I haven't really listened to much except for soundtrack music because that's all I listen to. So, um, anyway, let's get into our five uh, superhero movie pitches. I'll pitch one, right. explain it, and then Patrick, you will pitch one and we'll rotate that way. Perfect. Um, just a little behind the scenes on making this. I mentioned earlier, this was pretty difficult. I, <laughs> I was really struggling, actually. Um, uh, but I did have a very solid one. I think I'll start off with that. Um, I'm going to pitch... Uh, Dark Knight Returns reboot. Oh no, a 
remake here of, of, of the Frank Miller uh, comic. Um, I want Josh Brolin as Batman. Um, I think I saw... Uh, I, I just saw a picture of his face one time, and I was like, oh my gosh, he has the perfect chin line. <laughs> this, is, this is excellent. This is excellent. He could be Batman. I think he's the right shape. I think he... Probably to work out a little bit more, uh, just to get a little more bulkier. But I think right now he's the perfect shape. Um, and then uh, I also think he's, of course, he's just a great actor. I think he could do it very well. He has excellent voice as well. He can be very serious. Um, and I think for Joker, I want to bring Joaquin Phoenix as Joker. Um, I'd like to see that little take. Um, and maybe Willem Dafoe as well. But I think I think Joaquin Phoenix might be bigger than Willem Dafoe. And... I the uh, Joker in the Frank Miller comic is very big and bulky as well, and uh, I think Joaquin Phoenix, while he's not very bulky, he certainly is uh, much taller than I think Willem Dafoe is. I'm not going to bother to look that up right now. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know who I'd put as James Gordon. Uh, I would maybe consider um, J.K. Simmons, his version in Justice oh, League, yeah. I actually really liked. I thought he looked fantastic as James Gordon. And uh, I, I wrote this one down, which I probably won't... I wouldn't cast him, but maybe Michael Douglas. I could kind of see oh, a man. very grumpy Michael Douglas <laughs> playing James Gordon because James Gordon is kind of a little grumpier in uh, this this world. Um, as far as directors go, um, I'm stumped, honestly. Um, I'll give a shout-out to Denny Villanueva. Uh, maybe he could do something with that, bring in some of that Prisoners and Sicario vibes, leave out Arrival in 2049. I mean, those are good movies. Very, very sci-fi. I wouldn't want that. But um, I think he would definitely make it look good. <laughs> it would be a very good-looking movie. Um, and I think he could bring his style to it. That might work. Um, I'll throw out David Fincher as well. I think that he oh, could yeah. ve- do a very good job with the atmosphere of that movie, but I'm actually going to be saving him for uh, another pitch I have here. Um, a few things I would change from the comic uh, would be the aliens, or, or the mutants, I guess. They're not, <laughs> I don't know if they're really mutants, but they're very silly. And they, I like them in the comics, but I don't think they would adapt very well onto the screen in the 21st century. Um, so maybe just make them gangs, maybe even, maybe bring in Carmen Falcone to be him, that, uh, to be part of the gang, or the, the, the head of the mob, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that could be a nice little tweak. Um, I don't know who I would put as young girl Robin. Um, I'm sure, like, maybe Daphne Keene could work, uh, from Logan. I feel like there is some version out there where... She might be able to do it, but at the same time, uh, Daphne Keene is a very seems to be very serious, at least in Logan, which is all I've seen her in. But um, I would like a little lighter uh, Robin, so maybe that's not the perfect choice. But I think she could certainly convince me that she has the physique to do that. Just she pulled it off in Logan. I think she could do it as far as the fighting and all that with um, Dark Knight Returns. Patrick, thoughts, feedback. I love the idea of Joaquin Phoenix against Josh Brolin. Like, I think that's that really sold me on this whole pitch. I love it. Um, I think for the girl Robin, who is that girl from It? Like the the reboot of It I'm gonna that look. has like short red hair. As far as like looks go, I feel like she would nail the Robin character. I don't know if she can learn the stunts or whatever is necessary to pull off the physicality of Robin. 
But, okay. I see a. Uh, yeah. So so Sophia Lillis. Okay. That's her. Yeah, I think with some a little redder hair mm-hmm. like she had in that movie, uh, she she could definitely look the part at least. Yeah. And fit in with the whole Joaquin Phoenix, Josh Brolin crowd. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, I think either of those directors would be great too. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. All right. What's your first one? Um. So my first pitch is gonna be based on. Uh, Hawkeye, My Life is a Weapon, the comic series. It's one of my, by Matt Fraction. Uh, It's one of my favorite comic book series of all time. And it's basically the premise of the comic is that Hawkeye has quit the Avengers and he's retired from being a superhero. And he basically just goes to live by himself in an apartment complex in, I think, New York City. Uh, Probably. Probably. (laughs) It's a Marvel comic, so Probably. Um, but he's just basically, he keeps getting pulled into the very, like, street-level intrigues that are going on, like, in and around his apartment complex. So he, he, basically, the story is about how he can't shake being a hero, but he, you know, he's doing his best to do so, but he can't do it. Uh, but anyway, um, I don't have a director for this one. Okay. Um, but I was thinking, uh, I picked Ryan Gosling for Hawkeye because mm-hmm. I was picturing uh, Ryan Gosling in Drive and yeah. him basically very similar premise. You know, he's basically just trying to keep to himself, but you know he gets drawn into these uh, these criminal doings that are going on, and it ends up getting pretty violent, which is kind of how my life as a weapon goes. So. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, Nicholas Winding Refn could be yeah. the director, but I don't know if his dreamy style would really fit with this because it yeah. would be it's this is a little more grounded even than Drive was, it's at least stylistically in my mind. Yeah. So I'd probably find someone else as a director, but I do think that Ryan Gosling could be a little more vocal and could fit the Hawkeye role pretty well. And I know there's a Hawkeye miniseries coming out. Yeah. But uh, I think this could work really well as a miniseries, too. Yeah. Um, kind of like uh, Daredevil, almost. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's my first pitch. What do you think? I like it. After just seeing Drive, um, I could definitely see Ryan Gosling playing a much a very enclosed Hawkeye, much more introverted, but also um, able to kick butt as well. <laughs> and yeah. I, I definitely like that idea of trying to escape the hero life and failing, which is kind of um, how Logan works, but I think with yeah. Hawkeye, it'd be much, much different, much better change of pace. I think. Um, I don't know what to say for a director. I do think the guy who made Drive um, uh, does have a very different style than I think would fit this version of Hawkeye that you're pitching. Um, so I do agree. Probably not picking him, but he yeah. does have a very unique visual style for sure. Uh, especially with the violence as well in Drive. Um, I I do like the idea. I would definitely see it. I would definitely like the idea. I need to read that comic series um, as well. That's one that you've mentioned before that I definitely need to check out. I would definitely see that movie. Sign me up. <laughs> I, I, would, I would buy that ticket. Um, so my second one, um, I have a Fight Club style um, Joker movie. Um... I have a temporary title called Joker and Me, which I actually, <laughs> I, I like the more and more I think about it. I think it's so uh, bombastic that that actually work. Um, 
Um, as far as um, how the story would go, I would really like for it to focus on Joker, um, still uh, the menacing figure that he is, being still being the menacing figure that he is, but also um, needing to start uh, building his empire, his gang, gaining followers, which... Okay. Um, I've always been interested in seeing why people follow this guy, and I feel like um, a story based around that would work really well. Um, and I'd also like to not it be centered on Joker's point of view, kind of like we get in the uh, Joker movie by Todd Phillips, but more um, focused on somebody who comes into contact with Joker, uh, similar to how Edward Norton co- comes into contact with Brad Pitt in Fight Club. And I just kind of from his point of view, seeing all of this unravel, uh, being an insecure guy. Um, as far as who I would want to be Joker, um, either Willem Dafoe, Walking Phoenix, or maybe Jared Leto. If we could change a few <laughs> things, like a younger Joker might work a little better yeah. uh, than some of the older guys. But um, as far as the people that play this insecure gentleman... Um, Jesse Eisenberg or Elijah Wood is the only people that I have written down. And the more I look at it, the more I'm not so sure about it. Um, so <laughs> advice for that would be appreciated. Um, I do not... Because Jesse Eisenberg, I don't want it to be quirky. Uh, more just um, introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know who would play that character. Um, not a megastar, though. Uh, definitely not a megastar. Somebody a little more subtle. Um, and, um, I don't have a director or, um, a writer, so <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I would say David Fincher because he did it so well at Fight Club, but that's basically just making a Fight Club movie, and I did not want to do that as well. I also don't want to make it a reveal that the, um, no spoilers for Fight Club, that, um, <laughs> that the subtle guy is actually Joker. Right, I right. wouldn't want to do that, but, right. um, there you go. There's my second pitch, Joker and Me. Yeah, that's a great idea. I I think especially in Batman the animated series, you get a look at like the kinds of people that mm-hmm. <laughs> follow Joker but not really from their perspective. Yeah. I think as far as the actor for that character goes, the one name that came to my mind was Dane DeHaan. Mm. I think I think he could be the he could be the role you're going for. Maybe I'm just thinking of like that life movie where he was following James Dean around. Uh-huh. Um or no, he was James Dean, never mind. Uh, but he definitely has the introversion and the kind of like anti-social personality disorder look about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he could, I think he could pull that off. Yeah, I would, I would watch that. Um, what's your second pitch? Okay, so my second pitch is a little weird and a little out there and a little like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to go with me on this one. Um, maybe I'm, uh, blowing out of proportion, but... I want to see a Superman movie by Godfrey Reggio um, starring Keanu Reeves, but I don't want it to be like a typical superhero movie. I was thinking it would be like very like um, visuals based and Mm -hmm. it would basically just be like Keanu Reeves with like a, a good close cut, like dressed up as Superman flying around the universe and it would mm-hmm. use I think I would want to have Godfrey Reggio use like a lot of actual footage of like the galaxy and beyond 
Mm. Um, and Andrew cut that with, you know, some green screen stuff that I think he could pull it off really well. And, um, uh, maybe we could rip, you know, some of Superman's best monologues from like, uh, the Dark Knight Returns even, but you know, he's got a lot of good stuff and the image I have in my head is kind of, of like Dr. Manhattan when he goes up onto the moon Mm. and he's walking around thinking about stuff or when he goes to Mars and builds the yeah. big thing, like that kind of, um, like super Superman just kind of like meditating on what where he is, uh, what what his role is in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like Man of Steel did a little bit, and I really mm-hmm. like those parts of it. But I think uh, Reggio could really take it to the next level. So that's my second pitch. I like it. Uh, actually, <laughs> I, at first I was a little. Whoa, <laughs> I was a little taken <laughs> aback, but the more you described it, the more I became intrigued. I, for me, I haven't seen the um, Kawanasaki thing, that you, <laughs> yeah. the movie that um, you've talked a little bit about um, behind the recording table, but um, mm-hmm. I do really like the idea. Um, I have read the Watchmen comic, haven't seen the movie or the miniseries, but I do really like the uh, Dr. Manhattan character. And I think applying bits of that character to Superman actually works really well. Um, because I think that one of the parts of Superman that has only been touched upon in the comics and a little bit in Man of Steel, like you referenced, is just how um, closed off he can feel at times from humans and just the world because of how powerful he is. Um, and I do like the idea of throwing in like bits of the galaxy and stuff like that as well. I, I kind of went to... Um, 2001 a little bit as well just yeah, kind of thinking definitely. about some of those visuals just kind of wandering around for a little bit with superman I, I i like that idea so i would actually see that movie um i would definitely like to see that for sure and i also would like to see that kwanasaki movie as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. um for my third pitch um here's something a little different i want a okay. courtroom movie with daredevil um and uh daredevil okay. uh matt burdock i think is his alter ego um, is a lawyer, and we have, it's been focused on many, many times that he's a lawyer with courtrooms and all that, but I want a full-on courtroom movie, um, written by Aaron Sorkin. Um, I don't want him to direct it, because I do want this to be, um, interspersed of action, very similar to the trial of Chicago 7, where we're in the courtroom, but we're flashing back to the events that passed. Um, I would like for it to be the Netflix Daredevil. I think he fits the look. He's got the acting. I think he could pull it off very well. Um, and uh, I, I think the whole, as far as the story goes, it would be um, much more like he's defending just a normal person. Now, I don't want it to be a superhero because that just is such co- so coincidental. But <laughs> for it to be flashback from him um, actually defending this... Um, man in court and then also defending him in action in like a darker New York City Hell's Kitchen, right? Um, yeah. And uh, I think that that could work very well uh, just with the interspersing and I think Aaron Sorkin could nail the courtroom stuff uh, and I think Daredevil has always been a um, very thoughtful character and I think Aaron Sorkin would nail that part. Um, but we, I don't want him to direct it just because of the action and all that and I'm not very confident in Sorkin as a director even though all of his his two directing um, <laughs> movies have received very high scores from me. They haven't ever been um, anything that I'd give an Oscar to as far as directing goes. And I think yeah. that many times a director could have even made that, taken it to the next level. So 
put a different director in there who can direct action, but also keep it focused on the courtroom um, drama happening. Um, and uh, probably throw in Kingpin as well. Uh, maybe he'd be behind it. I would really like the idea of um, him um, tampering with the trial, uh, passing bribes through to the judge and the um, jury and all that. I yeah. really like that idea as well. So that's my pitch. Daredevil courtroom drama with Aaron, <laughs> by Aaron Sorkin. There you go. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I would I would totally watch that. that I mean... Yeah, like just as you described it, it sounds great. I, I really don't have anything else to add to that one. Um, my third one is probably going to be the most popular from the, the fans listening. Uh, <laughs> but I do want to see the Donald Glover Spider-Man movie. I think it can oh. still happen. And I think Josh and Benny Safdie are the people to direct it. They love New York. They rarely leave it in their movies. <laughs> so I think that they can have at least that connection with the Spider-Man character because he's very central to New York. And I think Donald Glover is... Uh, I, I think he's almost on the verge of being too old to do it. Yeah. But I think right now he could still pull it off. Mm. And uh, I mean, it, it would just be the, the Miles Morales story. Right. So there's not much to go into on the story side. But mm-hmm. Yeah. I really want to see it. I like that idea. Um, especially the Safety brothers and focusing on more of the, uh, I guess, probably the more hood type of uh, <laughs> side of New York. I think that that could, just like he does in Uncut Gems and oh, um, yeah. all that, I think that that could work very well. Um, Donald Glover, um, I've never really seen him, and I haven't seen him in much. Mm-hmm. I thought he was very bad in The Lion King with his voice <laughs> acting. I really didn't like that. But I thought he pulled it off as playing Lando Calrissian in Solo. Um, I thought that that worked, that worked very well. Yeah. Um, and I think he could definitely nail the charm. As far as his age goes, uh, this would happen, have to happen, like, right now. Like, yeah, we need exactly. to start filming this right now. But um, I would go see it. I think Miles Morales still needs his live-action adaptation, even though Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I still think we should get that uh, live-action movie. And I think the Safety Brothers with Donald Glover would work really well. I think that's an excellent combination with the director and the actor. Yeah, I think they could really pull off... Like, they, you know, their movies are known for being, like, so frenetic and, like, mm-hmm. just non-stop things happening... And that's kind of like, they, people have always been trying to capture that in Spider-Man's life because he's trying to balance, you know, going yeah. to school and all that. And I feel like in uh, in Tom Holland's Spider-Man, it just comes across as kind of corny, like, oh, I gotta go to school. But <laughs> I think Josh and Benny Safdie could really nail the actual, mm-hmm. like, the fear that he has of, yeah. like, being exposed for being Spider-Man and, like, yeah. you know, being looked at as a freak or whatever. and you know, how he's trying to keep up all, all his tasks to, to manage. Uh, he has all these tasks to manage. He's trying mm-hmm. to keep up with them all. So the Safety Brothers are the way to go. What's your fourth pick? My fourth pick is probably going to be um, very unknown to some people, but I would like a Khazar movie um, <laughs> focused in the Savage Land, um, directed by Alexander... Gonzalez in Naruto, um, who directed The Revenant. Yes. Um, I have always been fascinated with the Savage Land, and I've always wanted to get into a, um, just a standalone comic series that um really focuses on this, and I'm still searching for that comic today. Um, uh, I think Kazar's a fascinating character, not much with like character growth, but just like him. I think he's a, an interesting protagonist. I 
watched Primal a few weeks ago and uh, really liked that only half of that show I saw. Thank you, HBO Max. <laughs> um, but uh, I was really fascinated with that take, and I would want to go R with this one um, because I really want to see Concert just rip some T-Rex jaws in half, <laughs> blood everywhere. I want some violence in this um, Savage Land movie. Um, I would really like for it to be like, he gets uh, cornered in somewhere, just like in a cave, home alone, uh, but with uh, dinosaurs and rated <laughs> R. <laughs> nice. So I think that that could uh, be very fun. Um, him being such an unknown character might um, keep this from being made. Um, like I feel like if somebody pitched this to Kevin Feige, you'd be like, ooh. <laughs> like, I just don't know if people know much about this character, but I think he's fascinating. Um, I'd love to see... Just some man on dinosaur battles. I feel like we've never really seen that unless they have a gun, but Kazar does not. He's just a savage. I wouldn't, no dialogue. I don't want any dialogue except for grunts. <laughs> yeah, right. Just stuff like that. Yeah, um, grunts, grunty. Mm-hmm. And just uh, <laughs> man made weapons, knives, and with, just with arrowheads and all that. I think this, that that could work really well. Um, keep it short, also. No more two and a half hour action movies. Um, that's my pitch. Yeah, I definitely just had to look up Kazar. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it could work. Uh, it sounds kind of like... Um, uh, almost like Chronicles of Riddick. I don't really know how the Savage Lane works, but mm. just that kind of like being out in the wild, which I haven't seen that, but it, it that's kind of the picture that came to mind. So, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, and just a little quick note on the director. I think... Why I picked him was because the Revenant feels so miserable and mm. gruesome and violent. And I think that he could really bring that in to the movie. Um, and uh, just with the violence and all that, Revenant's a very bloody movie. And um, I I'd also would like for him to line up a little bit at times. So with the action, Primal Kibbe have some very fun but brutal action. So I would like that as well. Maybe bring somebody in just like to check over his shoulder, make sure he's not making this too miserable. I would like to have fun at times, but, yeah. um, yes, that's, that's why I picked this director. I probably should back that up, but there you go. What's your fourth pitch? Um, my fourth pick is going to be, I, I, I want to get rid of Alison Brie, or not Alison Brie, uh, Brie, Brie Larson, Larson yeah. as Captain Marvel, and I want to put Kate Mara in instead. I want to just, just basically rewrite the timeline and have Kate Mara as Captain Marvel instead. And uh, I doubt this would ever happen. I doubt he would have any interest, but I want to see Christopher Nolan take it on. <laughs> and um, I want to have Captain Marvel kind of like thrown into a situation that's where she's out of her depth instead of like just an all-powerful like being that's just destroying things. Yeah. Uh, so for that purpose, and Noah helped me out with this suggestion because mm -hmm. I didn't really, I wasn't really sure how to, to accomplish that. And he just suggested that Kang the Conqueror should come in and basically entrap her in this puzzle box uh, just for his own sport. But he's, Yeah. Uh, so she'll be basically in a race against time uh, to get out of this, like, space, like, uh, dimensional warping uh, enclosure mm -hmm. uh, that w I think Nolan could have fun with if, you know, if he was so inclined to. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know how it would end, but <laughs> that's, that's my pitch. I like it. Of course, you know, 
I added a little bit to it. Yeah. And now, when I'm sitting back and looking at it, I could also see, like, the Grandmaster being part of this as well. Sure. Not um, Jeff Goldblum, a little more yeah. serious, um, but he is always doing things for his own sport. Mm-hmm. And I think if you wanted to go a different way... Uh, but Nolan loves time, so that's yeah. kind of one of the reasons I, I suggested Kang, just because every Nolan movie seems to involve time, which I've noticed that just after seeing the procedure and that has some time more big things. Um, so I would definitely see it. I'm all for recasting Brie Larson. I'm still not <laughs> really hooked on her Captain Marvel yet. Um, maybe in the Captain Marvel sequel with Brie Larson, something else will change, but I really like um, your picture recasting I'm all for Christopher Nolan. I'm a big fan of his. If we can get him passionate about it, for sure. Um, I don't know if he would do it, but if he did, um, I'm already ordering my ticket, for sure. All right. Last one. Um, Okay. So, I really struggled with my last one. And then it came to me. I was like, maybe I've talked too much about this character, but I don't care. So, I want a long Halloween um, remake, live-action Robert Pattinson still as Batman, directed by David Fincher. Um, I want Fincher to go back a little more to his roots with Seven, um, make this a miserable movie, just <laughs> just really miserable. I think Robert Pattinson really fits that sleek detective, and we haven't seen the Batman yet, but I think we're all confident Robert Pattinson's a good actor. I and <laughs> um, I think that he would nail uh, playing this detective Sleeping Batman, which we've never really gotten to see. Nolan did a few things with that bullet. <laughs> I just got no clue what that was going for. A little outlandish there, but um, it was an, it was a little bit that I, I appreciated a bit. But I'm I want a full on detective movie, which you have not gotten yet. It looks like from what we've seen for the Matt Leaves movie, we might get some detective stuff, which I do like. Um, I think Matt Reeves is a good director, uh, but I would I think Fincher would really nail the. Um, suspense, the thrill, the um, atmosphere. Gotham is a awful place, and I don't think that's focused on enough. And um, just looking at the unknown city in Seven, um, I feel like that uh, bring in that feel into a Batman movie would work really well. I love the long Halloween story. Um, one of my favorite Batman comics for sure. Um, Fitcher would nail the mystery, of course, and. Um, I'm not going to spoil who's, uh, who the killer is in that movie, but um, <laughs> I feel like Fincher would be able to do a, quite a lot with him. So, yeah, that I think that this would work really well. It might not be something that people would be interested in. I'm sure Fincher would take it to the R level just because that seems to be the rating he's most comfortable in. Um, and I feel like if he wants to go to that seven um, atmosphere, that's what he would have to do. But if that if that's what he wants to do, so be it. I feel like Long Halloween um, being adapted into live action with Robert Pattinson and Fincher would work really well. Um, with Hans Zimmer coming back to school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I love The Long Halloween. I think that's a great idea. And I'm definitely excited about Robin Pattinson. And um, David Fincher, like, I, I don't think he would really be interested no, in going he back to seven. <laughs> but I, if he did, then that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I would watch it. Yeah, let's just... Put it on the record. We're not saying any of these people would be interested in doing these projects. I don't know if Chris Nolan would want to do a Captain Marvel movie, if Fincher would want to do a Batman movie, but or if Alexander What's His Face would want to do a a Kazar movie. But these are just um, 
in a better world. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the only one of mine that would actually maybe happen mm-hmm. is Josh and Benny Safdie doing Spider-Man. Dumb that would Lover. be cool, yeah. I think that, I think they might be interested in that, but I don't know. I think you could make Aaron Sorkin maybe do a courtroom drama with Daredevil. If oh, writing it, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. He probably just spits these out now, just with these courtroom dramas. He just, like, writes one up at night. He's just like, ah, oh, gotta do another courtroom drama. <laughs> yeah, you should watch his, uh, oh, what are they called? Those um, online, like, uh, courses that you can take. They're called, like, master... Master classes. Master classes, like yeah. I think Aaron Sorkin has one. You should watch it. Oh, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, my fifth movie pitch... And this one is one that I'm not really sure about the casting on, but I am really sure about the director. Uh, I want to see another Doctor Strange. I know people are going to be like, what? Like, Benedict Cumberbatch is the perfect Doctor Strange. <laughs> I think he's great. I love him. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I want to see Johnny Depp taking on this role and taking it to a much darker place than Benedict Cumberbatch has. Uh, because doc- the character Doctor Strange definitely can go there. Mm-hmm. And I think the person to lead them all there is Robert Eggers. I think he's one of the greatest horror directors of our generation, and he's only getting started. And I think uh, putting him into this movie that has uh, way fewer limits than anything he's done before, like he's not confined to an island or a plantation. Yeah. So he he can really like just stretch his creative muscles and just go all out with the visuals and with the horror. But I do want this to be still kind of like a mystery-based thing. Mm-hmm. And I think having Johnny Depp maybe as like a... a alternate reality Doctor Strange or Dark, yeah. he's mad Amber Heard he's mad <laughs> yeah. oh yeah he, he's he got a lot of frustration to work out of his system mm-hmm. on the universe so uh, just having him you know popping in and out of dimensions probably chasing some kind of uh, elusive villain that maybe remains you know not so clear mm-hmm. maybe with some kind of reveal at the end where this version of Doctor Strange is actually evil and hunting the good Doctor Strange the whole time. Well, he's got an ending, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I also, this is absolutely crucial, I want to see Nicolas Cage live action as noir Spider-Man. <laughs> I want this version of Doctor Strange to pop into the noir Spider-Man uh, dimension and run into Nicolas Cage uh, that's it. I'll, I would be happy with that movie. Probably no one else would be, but I would be very happy. Like that too. I like it. Uh, I really like the idea of Johnny Depp being um, uh, Doctor Strange. He was actually considered, I think, for the role in yeah, originally. And I like Cumberbatch, but I think um, Depp would really nail the uh, darker, um, older, definitely much yes. older Strange who's been at it for a while. He's seen... A lot of crazy, dark, brutal things. And I feel like if he's much more um, just angrier at the world, I think, <laughs> yeah, that that would work really well, especially for Johnny Depp and Robert Eggers. I haven't seen any of his movies, but I've seen trailers, I've seen clips, I've seen his style. I feel like he would definitely nail the um, craziness of uh, just probably going across different dimensions and stuff and 
Love Nicolas Cage popping up as uh, <laughs> uh, Noir Spider-Man. Loved him in Into the Spider-Verse, and I think that, even though I'm not the biggest Cage fan yet, I would definitely sign up for that for sure. Um, so yeah, I think that it was definitely what I would go see. Awesome. So, I guess that brings us to an end, as far as our um, five movie pitches. Um, don't know if any of these are ever going to happen, but you know what? <laughs> Um, in a better world, they would happen, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. They in would. some alternate reality, they have all already happened. Yeah. And we're just missing out living <laughs> in this one. Yeah, we've got to sign up for The Eternals and Captain Marvel oh, 2. <laughs> At least they're not doing the... Are they still doing the Inhumans or... Wasn't that... Weren't they going to do an Inhumans show? They did. <laughs> they did? Are you kidding me? I didn't even yeah, know that came out. Yeah, it's not supposed to be very good. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well. Which, most of those Marvel shows that we've done aren't supposed to, aren't that great, but <laughs> all I've heard is Daredevil One Punch are good. That's it. That's all I've yeah. heard. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I missed the Inhumans, man. Yeah. I was not looking forward to that. Well, those are five movie pitches. Um... Let us know what you think, ladies and gentlemen. Those are definitely, I think, all some very strange ones. Um, and uh, I liked it, though. I liked our ten pitches. I think that they worked very well. And I would, like I said, in a better world, we'd be seeing Nicolas Cage's Noir Spider-Man right now. Yeah. I wouldn't be here talking about movies I want to see. I'd be seeing them. Um, but anyway, that wraps up our ten movie pitches. Let's get into what we want to see. What we want to see, Patrick. Let's do it. What am what are we gonna see? I, uh, because I just rewatched Magnolia. I really want to finish up Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, filmography. Mm-hmm. So for me, that means Boogie Nights and Punch Drunk Love. So those are definitely high up on my list. And um, beyond that, here, let me look at my Amazon link. Come back to me. You can go ahead. Okay. Um. Quick mention, actually. I've been watching The Queen's Gambit, which is kind of a big thing on Netflix right now. I yeah. kind of skipped over when we were doing what we are seeing recently. And um, I have not seen Anna Taylor-Joy in anything. Um, I know, Patrick, you like her from The Witch. Yes. Um, and uh, she was in New Mutants this year, which actually got made, surprisingly. <laughs> um, but... Um, um, I think she's great in Queen's Gambit for sure. I definitely see her getting the um, Emmy nom, right? That would be an Emmy. Yeah. Uh, I could definitely see her getting the nom, possibly the win. I think this is the biggest surprise uh, of the year, I think, as far as things that have been coming up. It's all over. Old people are watching it. Young people are watching it. Some people say chess sales are going up. I don't know about that, but um, the show looks great. Scott Frank did an amazing job with the direction. The costume design's great. Um, uh, the the performances are for the most part pretty solid. There's this cowboy guy who plays chess that is like who looks like he's in his twenties and is very kind of scrawny, which <laughs> I didn't really catch. Like it felt very weird, but um, I like it. It's not. It's not the great it's not fantastic i think um it's very good um i'm having right now an eight out of ten i've seen five out of seven episodes they're about an hour long each um but i still i'm glad to see netflix getting a win out this year um not much has come out this year patrick you and i've already talked a little bit about that so far and um uh i'm glad to see them get one in there uh people kind of give Netflix some trouble with their content that they make, but I mean, look, they made Marriage Story, Two Popes, 
um, many other Oscar-nominated nom- movies as well. So, yeah, don't forget The Irishman. Sorry, Martin. Um, but uh, <laughs> I would definitely recommend The yeah, Queen's sorry, Gambit. Yeah, sorry, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely recommend The Queen's Gambit. Um, not the greatest miniseries I've ever seen, for sure, but um, definitely would just re- recommend it for Anna Taylor-Joy's performance. Uh, she, I feel like, with the exception of The Witch, she ends up in a... It's some messy stuff, just not yeah. great movies, and I think that uh, Queen's Gambit definitely gave her a opportunity to um, show what a great actress that she is, and um, I guess we'll see her next in an Edgar Wright movie or something like that. Uh, oh, really? Last Night in Soho or something like that. Awesome. Um, so for my five, um, I definitely want to see... This is probably at the top, Zodiac by David Fincher. I've just gone through this guy's movies uh <laughs> except for gone girl and the game which are the and uh girl with the dragon tattoo which those are the three that i have not seen in not including zodiac um and uh i love what fincher did with um seven that is one of my all-time favorite movies now for sure haven't stopped really thinking about it since <laughs> i saw it a couple weeks ago still am rolling it over in my head um so to see him come back to this crime um, type of story I love. I know about the Zodiac story. Uh, I actually remember just, like sitting in my room and like listening to a podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so. <laughs> this is definitely strange. I would love to see Fincher tackle move for it. I think as far as I can already say, as far as a uh, casting a director for um, a Zodiac story, I can already tell y'all that this looks perfect for me. Um, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, Jake Gyllenhaal, all well except for well for Ruffalo and. Um, Robert Downey Jr. are all pre-Avengers. So that's kind of interesting to come back and see. Um, and um, I'm all in, for sure. So I really want to see that. Uh, I do want to see that Koyaanisqatsi. Koyaanisqatsi. All right, there you go. I got it. I got it. Um, I don't know much about this, from what you've, except from, from what you've told me, Patrick, um, but I am definitely interested in seeing it. I'd love just, like, 2001, just seeing visuals that mm-hmm. look pretty, and with an, with you, from what you've told me, an amazing score by Philip Glass. Yeah. Glass. Um, so I definitely want to see that for sure. I want to see um, Incendies by Denis Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is kind of, I, I think, one of his very highly rated movies, but not when people say... Um, didn't even know I don't think they say incendies. They probably yeah. like prisoners or um, arrival or twenty forty nine. But this has been really highly rated. Um, saw the trailer. Looks of course beautiful with its cinematography. Um, so I definitely want to see it. I really don't know much about the story, honestly, but I am I am excited to see it just because Didn't even know has really surprised me. Um, hmm. All right, now I'm struggling. How about you go ahead, Patrick? <laughs> yeah, I can wrap mine up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do want to finish the Katsi trilogy by uh, Godfrey Reggio because mm-hmm. I love the first one. It's my favorite movie right now. And uh, I, I, I know they're not really considered as groundbreaking or as good as the first one, but I just, wanna, I just want more Philip Glass and I just want yeah. more Godfrey Reggio. So I'm going to finish those two. And then uh, I also want to watch Barry Lyndon, because oh, yeah. yeah, I still haven't gotten around to it because of the mostly because of the uh, runtime, run yeah, the <laughs> yeah. runtime, and because there's not really anything in the story particularly that like stands yeah. out as like a a real attention grabber mm-hmm. for me. So, um, but I do I do want to get around to it just because it's Kubrick and I love him and I gotta finish off his filmography. So yeah, 
uh, I'm gonna see that, and that that's my five. Um, yeah, on um, Benny Lynn and kind of hot and cold on that one, a little yeah. lukewarm, but um, it is I think as a very long whole life <laughs> story. Um, it's one of the better ones I think. Uh, I still have it like an eight out of ten. Babe, probably should change it to a seven out of ten, but I still think it's very solid. Promises are good. It's very technically well made, but like not one that's gonna become like one of my all time favorites. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of one that got Kubrick in a bad place for a little while. I don't think many people saw it, and then after that, he did uh The Shining, which was uh, kind of his yeah. um him coming back, proving himself. I think, but um, okay. Yeah, the, uh, it's good. I'll definitely be interested to see what you think of it. Um, for my other ones, I still have to see Stalker. Um, <laughs> I haven't gotten to it yet. Kind of Barry Lyndon runtime. Yeah. Uh, but um, I definitely want to see it. And then Kill a Volume Two. Um, I forgot to mention that. Definitely one that I'm going to see. Um, all of Tarantino's movies, the three that I've seen, have gotten five <laughs> stars. Um, and. I can't see a lot of Tarantino stuff right now, but I can't see Kill Vaughn too, so I'm gonna go see it, and <laughs> uh, hope hopefully it'll be great. Uh, Patrick, what you've told me, it's um, even better than Kill Bill from what you told me. Well, I would say if you really loved Kill Bill for like the world that it, uh, that the bride inhabits, then mm-hmm. you're gonna love uh, Kill Bill Volume Two, and you'll probably like it just as much as the first one. Yeah. If you liked Kill Bill Volume One for the style and the action and the pacing of it, then Kill Bill Volume 2 is going to be a bit of a change of pace, and you may not enjoy it as much because it is a little slower, a little more character-based, and just he just Tarantino really took his time with Mm -hmm. it because he knew that uh, he had enough people hooked on the first one that they would enjoy um, just seeing uh, the the characters unravel a little bit. uh, And just kind of... It's it's a little bit more of an easy, uh, I think it's more thoughtful than the first one. So if you're into that, then you'll love it. Have uh, you seen Zodiac or Incendies? Um, I have seen Zodiac, yes, and I actually I don't think I watched the whole thing, but I I am actually considering giving it another shot. Um, I'm not big into crime thrillers as mm. much. But um, I did just rewatch Fight Club and loved it, so I do want to give some other David Fincher stuff another shot. Um, so I might be rewatching that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen, uh, sorry, Incendies. Mm-hmm. I have not seen that one. All right. Well, there we go. Those are our five movies we want to see. Um, and I guess that kind of brings this episode to a close. A little short one, but short and sweet, I think. Very sweet, very yes. sweet. Yes. Um, so. You can find our show, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, of course, um, or whatever you want to. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like I'm going to be able to convince you not to give the rating you want to. But um, leave us a review. Give us some feedback. Uh, You can also let us know what you think of the show at moviemaniacs2020 at com. Through there, you could tell us what some of your superhero pitches would be. Who would you have to direct it? What would the story be? Who would be the star? Um, I want to see what other people's superhero pitches would be. I've heard some interesting ones just in the vast multiverse of the of the internet. Um, <laughs> I have heard some. And some of them are very interesting for sure. Um, so if you think you have any good ones, let us know. Patrick, 
where can people find you? You can't find me. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here, I'm there, I'm gone. I'm a shadow in the night. Uh, you can uh, catch me back here on the Movie Maniacs podcast. Yeah. I'm going to be back uh, as often as I can. So, yeah, it's always good talking to you. And yeah, this has been a great episode. Yeah, you can find me on Letterboxd, nonukumhub.blogspot.com. Uh, not much there, you know. I had to go back some. I didn't like some of my reviews. <laughs> there were a few months ago, and my uh, style has already changed. So um, <laughs> I had to do a little changing there. But um, I guess what we've got coming up is uh, Bond. Yeah. 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 Uh, Daniel Craig got, probably got pushed back again. <laughs> I don't know when that movie will be coming out, but we're going to be ready um, for sure. Dune. I want to know. We'll probably yes. make another weekend of at least, maybe. Yes. yes, dude. That I'm so excited about doing still. Oh man. Yep. Wonder Woman 1984. Well, we might just do a little Wonder Woman episode, and then we could get ready for that as well. That'll be releasing right. on HBO Max and theaters. I think I'll be catching it on theaters though, because I feel like that's a movie that looks, that looks interesting as far as its colors and its 80s style. But I think Casino Royale is what will be coming next. I'm excited for sure. Um, little preview. Love the Daniel Craig movies for the most part. Um, we'll have a few <laughs> nitpicks, um, but I'm excited for sure. Can't wait to talk about that. Um, once again, five star review on Apple Podcast. Let us know what you think at moviemanx2020gmail.com. You can catch us later with Casino Royale. Patrick, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Um, hopefully, in a few years, we'll see Johnny Depp and Nicolas Cage on screen as Doctor Strange and Spider Man Noir and. And Aaron Sorkin will be directing that Daredevil courtroom drama. (laughs) All right, thank you for listening. This is episode 42 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. Go listen to some of our episodes. Give us some good feedback. Adios, muchachos, and happy Thanksgiving.